watch your video about sensoration, and in it you state the three neuroscience principles you live by, sensory dominance, superadditive, and subadditive, or incongruous as it's all called. Mm -hmm. Let us start with you teaching us about sensory dominance. When a sense overpowers another, the McClure effect, the connection between what we see and what we hear. Mm. So um, the reason why studying the senses separately doesn't work, um, and the reason why many marketeers who've sort of started to get interested in the senses, but sort of, you know, just add, they do something in vision, they do something in hearing, sort of add them together and imagine if it works in each sense, it'll work together. Uh, in fact, what the neuroscience, cognitive neuroscience brings to the table, I think, is the realization that the brain doesn't just kind of add the senses in a very linear, predictable manner. Instead, there are various shortcuts and rules and um, um, potentially more efficient ways of doing things uh, that are sort of embodied in these three rules. Sensory dominance, superadditivity, and subadditivity. Sensory dominance, the first is probably my favorite because that comes more from the philosophy side uh, where my passions long ago were and more from the behavioral side, whereas the other two principles come more from the neurophysiology, the other camp, as it were. Um, and sensory dominance is just the idea that our brain sometimes uses one sense to dominate the total experience, the multisensory experience. So, um, for example, when you're at the cinema or when you are listening to the, the ventriloquist's dummy, the voice is coming from one location, the lips are seen moving somewhere else on the screen or on the dummy itself, and yet our brain seems to use vision to dominate what we hear and we hear the voice coming from where we see the lips. That's vision dominating hearing. The same uh, in a way with the McGurk effect when the lips say one thing and the voice you hear is some, saying something different. When you combine them in the brain, which happens automatically and immediately, uh, vision again seems to dominate. And lots of the time, vision does dominate. Um, but I, I sort of my belief that in fact, every sense dominates for something. Um, hearing that dominates, you know, when things happen, how quickly they change, temporal stuff. Vision dominates for what is it, maybe where is it, um, but maybe touch and smell are more dominant for affective judgments and emotional stuff. Taste is probably the, the only sense that can really tell you about uh, can see the nutritional properties of, of foods and whether they're poisonous or not. Uh, and so for us, then um, I spent half of my time trying to say sensory dominance is a key principle, definitely in the lab, but probably also in the real world. Um, and uh, but trying to you know, draw people away from the, the visual dominance that uh, most scientists and people, you know, more of our veins given over to vision than to any other sense. And hence, it's natural for any of us to always sort of think visually. Um, and you know, for example, currently, you know, doing a lot of work in the, in the world of sort of you know, uh, audio branding. And it's not that necessarily, I think audio branding is more important than visual branding, because we are visually dominant. It's just, there's been so much research in visual branding and logos and such like, that kind of the audio bit's been left behind. And, and why do you think that? What, why do you think it's been neglected? I guess our experience is really, maybe we think visually. Um, more of our brain is given over to sort of vision than any other sense, we're quite a long way. 
So it's sort of wired that way, uh, I guess, because then that, it means that uh, vision helps us predict better the world around us than any other sense. And that it's sort of constantly there. We can see the distance. So, so you know, well-developed work is around visual dominance over taste. Um, when we change the color of food or a drink and, you know, convince the wine experts that that rosé wine that they're looking at really tastes of tropical fruit, when in fact it's a white wine colored. So we're sort of fooling them by visual dominance. If they see a pink wine, they taste a pink wine, they smell a pink wine. Um, and uh, but that, while it, it, it becomes sort of a party trick or a fun thing in the restaurant or setting, uh, in the real world, I guess, it would make no sense for us to have to put everything into our mouths to see what it tasted like. Far more efficient for our brains to use our eyes to predict that red things are ripe things are sweet are more energy dense where green things tend to taste sour and are unripe and unfulfilling. Um, and so it's, it's that sort of predictive ability of vision uh, that, that that I think leads to in part to its um, in part to its to its dominance. Because at another level, I suppose people might say that it's something also about uh, you know, our, our shift from uh, four legs to two legs sometime in the past. What that did is both allowed us to see further as our head moved above the, uh, the undergrowth, but also took our nose away from the smelly earth. Uh, and hence it was that <laughs> shift that in part led to the rebalancing. Yeah.